Wanna whisper in your ear that you're, that you're good enough I wanna change the way you see you, you're strong enough Say them not know that you got more than meets the eyes And them not see you making stride after stride Living to make a difference in other people's lives through business or ministry is war. Entrepreneurs, ministers, anyone who makes their living by creating is at war constantly. Sometimes that war is at the office, sometimes it's right at home, and sometimes it's deep within our own hearts. So there's got to be a safe space somewhere we can grab some rest. That safe space is prayer. If you can practice prayer in a way that helps you deal with the external wars and the wars you have to deal with internally, you'll continue to produce even when things get tough. Prayer is our oxygen. It opens the eyes of your heart so you can see beyond what's happening in front of your physical eyes. But let me not get that deep yet because some of our prayers are being hijacked by our traumas. So let's talk about it. Welcome to Queen Tings. I am LaShawn Brooks, your friend and therapeutic coach. I advocate for the wholeness of your life and your business progress. So let's feed your heart, Queen, so you can authentically express who you are, create wealth, and surround yourself with people that love and support your purpose. In this episode, we're diving deep again. We're going to tackle the subject of prayer, and how it can be affected by our traumas. I know the information we've been discussing is new for some, but for many of you, you've been feeling this way all along. You just needed the words for articulating it. So I'm giving you the words, the vocabulary to express the intricacies of prayer. Now, here is my disclaimer. As we talk about this today, you may feel triggered by some of the things that I am going to share. So if you do, I want you to write down what you feel and I want you to set up some time to discuss it with me or you can discuss it with your existing trauma-informed coach or therapist. Either way, we got to deal with this, okay? Now that we've gotten that out of the way, uh, listen, I've, I've taught prayer for many, many years, and in my own experiences, and in many of the experiences of my students, I have studied how trauma affects the mindset of the prayer or the person that is praying, right? I've watched many people pray repetitiously with no answer. I've watched people fall over on the floor begging I've watched people engage in unusual displays of spiritual warfare. I've seen people dancing and and doing all types of prophetic acts. And, And I've seen people crying and screaming at God and the devil and still remain in the same space with the same problem year after year. I've watched people get hands laid on them for depression, feel better in the moment, and then seek deeper, sink deeper, when they feel like God has not come through. It's heart-wrenching. It's heart-wrenching to be in the middle of a panic attack and feel like you don't have enough faith to stop fearing. Yes, queens, we're going deep in this episode, so I hope you're ready. All right. Now, some of us have been traumatized. 
in our own homes coming up as children, we, we were traumatized in our own homes. Some of us uh, were traumatized uh, through our interactions with family members in our neighborhoods, in our schools. There has been a lot that has gone on in our schools that have caused trauma, whether it was just a teacher that was just adamant against our, our children or ourselves, uh, uh, our churches. Many people have been traumatized in church, in the Pentecostal church, in, in the black church. Some people have been traumatized uh, when it comes to Catholicism. We have been experiencing major trauma. A lot of us don't talk about it. A lot of us don't even realize it yet. But we've been experiencing trauma. Now, trauma is a psychological in injury, and it is caused by events that we face at any stage in life. So trauma can happen when you're a child. It can happen in your teen years. It can happen also in adulthood. It can be caused by something as harsh as physical or sexual abuse, or it can be caused by something that may seem simple, like being ignored every time you speak. The psychological injury that you suffer in these moments become crystallized in your pattern of thinking. They affect how you live and how you carry out certain activities in your life. Many of us don't even realize that what uh, we do, how we behave, and the way that we talk, it may be because of the traumas that we have faced. Trauma gets into our way of being and doing. And we don't even realize that we're walking with a limp because it becomes so normalized. Sometimes without even knowing it, it gets into how we carry out life and it gets into how we pray. Yes, even our connection to God can be affected by our traumas. Yes, I'll say that again. Even our connection with God can be affected by our traumas. So much that we can dive into there. Uh, so there are some that feel like it's not a big deal. I have uh, had moments where I was speaking out against church hurt and church trauma. And uh, there were people that posted against it and said things like, you know, just deal with, you know, how you feel or deal with your, uh, <laughs> your disobedience or your rebellion and move on because they hadn't experienced or they haven't felt the effects of some of the trauma that can take place in spiritual communities. And so some people feel like it's not a big deal because they have no idea what it's like to be traumatized or they have not realized their own trauma. But a person with trauma, if you have trauma, that means that you have been denied the opportunity to develop well in a situation because of instead of being able to develop in that situation or experiencing that situation in a peaceful in a peaceful state of mind you were focusing on survival instead yeah so <laughs> i know we are <laughs> we're in the thick of it here but we're going to keep pressing in because this is important as we move in again entrepreneurship ministry creativity is war 
even working in, in, uh, as a therapist for people, it is war. So our prayer spaces need to be our safe space and it needs to be on point. But how can our prayer spaces be safe when it's invaded by our own traumas? Now, I understand. Listen, it looks like waking up a little too early in the morning and your mind is going with all of the stuff that you've got to do. The latest situation that has come up to terrorize your whole life balance. You sit up that morning because there is no way you're going to take this laying down. So you're up, you're pacing around the room or around the house. You're wondering if you need to grab the olive oil and anoint everything in the house So you can gain the victory in this situation. I get it. Right now you want to start begging God to help and binding up the demon of overdue taxes or the one that's keeping you from meeting your payroll. But if you pray on this level, you're leaving way too much on the table. A lot of times we start trying to attack what looks like there is this external demon, this external enemy, this unseen enemy. We start fighting with this unseen enemy, but we don't realize that there is so much within. There is uh, um, a quote from Jesus that I love. And he said, the enemy of my soul is coming. But he has nothing within me. What, what was he saying there? He was saying the enemy is coming or there is an attack coming on my mental well-being. But there is nothing within my mental well-being that he can latch on to. Yeah. And so if we start focusing all of our prayers externally, we don't. Focus on what we need to see internally that gives all of these external things place in our lives, right? We've got this huge tax bill and we're concerned about meeting payroll and oh my God, how is this going to work? Now that can latch onto the fear of not having enough inside of you. And if you give it opportunity to latch onto that fear of not having enough, that (laughs) will keep the problem continuing. Yes. And so we've got to deal with those fears. We've got to deal with what caused the fear of not having enough in the first place. Sometimes it requires going back to what formed your relationship with money in the beginning of your life. And oh my God, it's not a fun journey at times, but it is a necessary journey so that we can move forward and we can be all that we know we were created and born to be. All right. So how do we know we are praying trauma infused prayers? We're going to get into some of some of these things uh, and they are not going to be given in an order of importance. uh, But I'm just throwing these things out there because I want you to have some indicators on how you can tell on, on what this looks like. All right. So number one, your prayers can be choppy and inconsistent when they're infused with trauma, when they're affected by trauma. Why are they inconsistent? It's because we only pray when we're confident enough, when we've been built up enough to be confident enough to pray, or when we're so low that we don't have a choice. 
Number two, it looks like taking two steps forward and three steps back. We pray and we create from the glimpses that we got in our prayer time, but because we didn't feel worthy of that first breakthrough or worthy of getting that witty invention, we become inconsistent in our prayers and we don't hang around with God long enough to get the details of how to sustain what we created. So we start questioning whether we really heard in the first place. Mm -hmm. Number three, it looks like agreeing with our limitations. We feel others are often too deep. We'll say, oh, this person is too deep or, oh, that person is always praying and, and it's just too deep for me. And we look at others in that way when it comes to prayer, but it's because we feel limited within ourselves. We feel that we can't go there for ourselves. And there are certain things we desire we won't even ask for them or make any demands to see them come to pass because we feel we're being too deep or too greedy. We stifle our own asking power because we don't realize what we want is tied to our identity. Yes, it's tied to your identity. What you desire or allow yourself to desire is tied to your identity. And trauma interferes with the real you. It interferes with your identity. So we sit at average in our businesses and in our lives because we are too afraid to recognize that we're worth the next level. We're worth that deeper place in God. We're worth that deeper, safer place in prayer. Listen, the problem often is that God has moved on from your current level in life and business, and he's ready for you to go to the next level, but you decide to stay where you are. And the unfortunate thing is, is when you decide to stay where you are and you decide to allow your trauma to keep influencing you, you'll have to sustain yourself in that space. And that's too much pressure. You might as well go to the next level. Number four, trauma keeps you from praying from who you are right now. Listen real carefully here. Okay. <laughs> Trauma keeps you from praying from your current identity. When you pray from a trauma standpoint, you are either praying by mimicking someone else that you thought was powerful, right? Or you're praying as the little girl who was taken advantage of, the little one who was abandoned and left to navigate those strong feelings on her own. You are you're praying from a place of your abandonment. And so because we feel these um, weaknesses or these faults that we have in prayer, because many times they become so evident in places of prayer, we feel that we have to start mimicking other people who seem more powerful than us in prayer. I know, 
I know I'm, I am messing, I am messing with your whole prayer stance right now, but it has got to be done. Somebody's got to tell you the truth. That's why I said, I am your friend and your therapeutic coach. Why? Because your friend is going to tell you the truth and your coach is going to help you navigate and walk through this truth that I'm sharing with you right now. And so we're either praying by mimicking somebody else that we thought was powerful or we're praying as the traumatized person from that space of being traumatized, of being abandoned, of being ignored. Yeah, it looks like repeating prayers over and over and over again. Why? Because I was consistently ignored when I was younger. So, of course, God is ignoring me now. (laughs) Yeah. And so we begin repeating those things that we've experienced in moments of trauma. We begin repeating those behaviors in prayer. We begin feeling like what we're praying is not important. I don't feel significant as a prayer. Why? Because something messed with my identity. Something has separated me from my significance. Yeah. So when we're praying from trauma, we're not praying from the authentic version of who we are right now. Number five, it looks like the lack of self-compassion in prayer right? Our prayers start being more about behaving the way we should behave more than reigning as a queen. And so we start focusing on all of the things within ourselves that we don't think are right. God, forgive me for this. Forgive me for that. We start focusing on every flaw and fault that we have instead of praying about reigning as a queen. Number six, Trauma-infused prayer is a negotiation with God about how not to be ourselves anymore. Yeah? So we start working on our behaviors, right? We start lacking self-compassion, and then we start negotiating with God how we can walk out this life without being our true selves, Ooh, I can dig deep into that right there. I'm going to keep going. Number seven, trauma-infused prayers are prayers that are cluttered with the voices of our critics. When we get into our prayer space and our critics show up with us, we feel like we can't even share our story with God. Now this, uh, I experienced this in sharing my own story with some of the trauma that I face being a pastor, being in a, uh, a church setting that was very unhealthy. And when I started to share bits and pieces, not even (laughs) the details that I could go into, but I started just kind of sharing about how I was dealing with some pain in that space. And I had so many critics who wanted me to shut down 
that experience. They wanted me to be careful. They started saying how I was throwing my church under the bus. And I mean, there was so many people that came at me and told me, until you heal from this, you shouldn't talk about it. Well, if you don't talk about it, you'll never heal. And when you talk about these things, when you're talking about it from a place of wanting to heal, but wanting to heal other people, it, it's okay. But people start getting afraid of being exposed for their desire to control people in certain settings. And so when I started to share, there were so many critics that shut me down and I even stopped sharing my story with God in that space. I stopped going to God about how I felt and about the traumas that I faced because I, I just felt like, oh my goodness, I, I'm, I'm saying these things before God. And people were telling me, you know, it's my problem. I've got to deal with it. That trauma is my fault, you know? Uh, and so I took that into my prayer closet. And, and for a long time, I was very quiet and, and very um, apprehensive about grieving what I felt and what I dealt with in those spaces, even before God. And when you cannot tell your story, your story is in control of you. And especially when your prayer space feels unsafe because of what your critics have told you, my goodness, it puts a monkey wrench in your ability to pray and even trust God. So we've got to get rid of the voices of our critics. Number eight, prayer infused, uh, trauma-infused prayers, they're filled with shame. You, you, you feel like you haven't prayed enough to be able to pray, right? I didn't wake up six o'clock every morning on the first month of the year. I didn't fast long enough. And so we feel shamed. We feel like we have not performed well enough to have our prayers answered. And this is huge. This is really huge. Shame can be very small and, and uh, it can fly under the radar or it can be really huge and cause us to walk away and just not even deal with the subject of prayer, right? We feel like, oh my goodness, I am not living the lifestyle that my critics believe I should live so that I can be uh, <laughs> good enough to pray. And that, ooh, we can deal with that. We will, we'll get there. But trauma-infused prayer looks like shame. Keeping you out of that space because you're not like the other people that seem to be doing prayer well. And finally, number nine, it looks like an inability to accept your own greatness in the space of prayer. Remember, I told you in our last episode, God is not looking for servants and slaves. God wants friends. But sometimes we're too uncomfortable seeing eye to eye with greatness. Sometimes we don't want to accept our own greatness. And so we don't even recognize I've been invited into this safe space of prayer. I've been invited here, but we won't go. We won't do it consistently because we won't accept our own greatness. I am encouraging you to accept your own greatness. Now we could go on. I could, oh my gosh, there are so many other ways that we can 
show or indicate that trauma is interfering with our prayers. And we're going to continue on, but I want to split this up so we can explore a little, a little deeper in the next episode uh, and see how we can start breaking away from our traumas and praying from places of wholeness. This is a journey. I don't want you to feel like, you know, one day I'm going to get to this space where there's nothing that's, you know, interfering. No, we're going we're, we're gonna to work on our wholeness, but wholeness is not a destination. It's a journey. And I, I don't want you to worry if you're dealing with this. Listen, God still hears your prayers. I just want to help you get to the place where you can hear and see answers and the wisdom that you're receiving without it needing to go through the filter of your trauma. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, Queen, you have to join me for I Queen Up University. It's where we dive deeper into all of this information and we make it our way of life and business progress. Go to iqueenup.com and click on work with LaShawn. It's time to get insight for your queen teams. You are loved. 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 You